It's the MyMac Podcast number 301. Authorization acknowledged. Access denied. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Number seven in the alphabet, but number one in your hearts. It's the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 301. Now, this week is uh, is a little bit different. Gaz is under the weather. Get well soon, Gaz. And uh, I'd like to say thank you so very, very much to Owen Rubin, who was able to come on and fill that position quite admirably. Hey, Owen, what's going on, buddy? I I was hitchhiking. You guys needed a podcaster. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think this goes to show, you know, the, the old adage, never pick up a hitchhiker. You'll regret it. Just kidding. I'm not a G, though. I'm a 15. I'm an O. You're so. an O. Well, it's, well, well, you got G and you got O, so it's go. So we can go with this. Okay. Yeah, we're just going we got- to go with the MyMac podcast number 301. <laughs> um, this week uh, is is really very, very different. Other, I mean, besides the fact of, of, uh, of Gaz not being here, uh, I've got an interview with, uh, with Tim Robertson that I will Ooh. be... Tim, Tim Robertson, he's he, he's this guy. He used to, uh, yeah, okay. He's just this guy. Yeah, so we'll, I'll be I'll be talking to him. Uh, he's got some network problems, so he's not going to be able to do it via Skype. So I'll be do, talking to him over the the what's that thing called a telephone? The telephone, yeah, that's what telephone. They used to call them. Telephone, telephone. You know, long, you know, basically hundred-year-old technology here in the twenty-first century, and we're just going to roll with it. I don't know what else we can do. Um, couple things going on this week. We don't have any listener feedback, and I really wish we did, but we don't. So, what we're going to talk about is some of the stuff that's that's happened this week in the Apple world, and I'm really not getting off to a good start tonight. I, I think that that equals a fail. You got a fail sound for me? Yeah, yeah, that's a fail sound. Uh, it's still going. Oh my god, it's stuck. One one of the things that that happened over the last weekend. There was uh, an iTunes scare. Some people had their their iTunes accounts hacked, and um, basically, you know, the, the investigation is still ongoing, Owen. But it, it seems that there was an, uh, somewhat of an unscrupulous uh, publisher of apps and some books who used some of these. You know, it's all speculation. Uh, used some of these accounts to kind of pump up his own numbers as far as his applications and books go. You know, it, it, <laughs> essentially, over, almost overnight, all of his apps wow. shot up to, like, the, the top 25 in iTunes. And, you know, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to figure out that there's a problem here. Unless they're really good apps. Uh, no. No. Okay. Sorry. Not so good. No? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so they weren't good apps, and they, they shot up anyway. And they shot up anyway, and which of course led to uh, a lot of speculation on you know where all these people's iTunes account hacked, 
Now, from from what I've been able to read on this, it isn't so much that their accounts were hacked, you know, by somebody <clears throat> breaking into Apple servers and finding out what their what their account names and passwords were, as it seems to be mostly people that were just not really careful with security in general. Now, no, we well, that you know, never happens. We we as Mac users sometimes get a little. What's what's a good it, word? Lazy. Lazy. Careless. Careless. Yeah. But you know what? It's not just Mac users. Um, a while back, there was a password file that was stolen off of some. I can't remember where it was. Had three million passwords in it or something, and it ended up on the internet. So a research company, since it was on the internet, decided to take the file and run some statistical analysis on it. And guess what? The number one most common password was. Default password? One, two, three, four, five. Oh, that's genius. Who would have thought of using okay. one, two, three, four, five? Followed by one, two, three, four, five, six, followed by the word password itself. And I think they said <laughs> the top 10 most common passwords, which accounted for, I can't remember the statistics, like half, were common, simple words. Uh, I think one was a woman's name, but they were common words. And that was over half the passwords out of some huge file of passwords, which means that's a good sampling of what the world is doing. So it's not just Mac users. People just aren't very good with passwords. Well, you know, you know I, I work I work in security, and one of the things that, get, that gets drilled into us all the time is that when you're trying to come up with a password for whatever account it is, it, it needs to be a mixture of, or it sh- I'm sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. It should be a mixture of of many things. Um, unfortunately, a lot of sites, you know, don't care about uh, capital letters. So, you know, let's just throw right. that out of the equation. But and in some sites, won't let you put non non typing characters like exclamation point or star, which is really helps a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was going to say, you know, it it should be something that you know, something that you know very very well. Maybe spelled phonetically, like if, if your name was, um, well, Owen, instead of saying O-W-E-N, you'd say O-H-W-H-E-N, O-W-E-N. Or Phil, P-H-I-L-L. Yeah, followed by a number and then followed by some more characters. Uh, A typical good password should be at least seven to ten characters long. You know, the more characters that you have in your password, the harder it's going to be to to hack that password or, or to figure out Agreed. what that password is. And if the site allows it, using things like exclamation marks and plus signs and you know percentages and, and the, the little weird cash symbol, whatever they call that, you know, just basically it, it should be easy enough for you to remember so that you know you won't have to have you know an aneurysm every single time you're you're trying to get to a particular and- site. And so you won't <clears throat> write it down and stick it on a piece of paper under your keyboard. Do not write it down. Uh, and oh, I'm, stick I mean, it. <laughs> as, you know, as you know, I've also worked in security, and one of the things that just—and I've been an IT guy in and out of my life for all around or run IT departments—and one of the things that annoys me to death is when IT departments say, oh, you have to change your password every six weeks, and it can't yeah. be the last six passwords you used, and it has to have 12 characters. So people get all freaked out, 
and they write it down and they stick it on a little piece of paper under their keyboard. So, that, so because IT's going nobo- to nobody problem. would look there. Yeah, well, IT's going to all this problem to try to make passwords more secure, and in doing so, they've made it harder for people to remember their passwords. Yes. And so they stick them on a piece of paper. And seriously, I, we walked around one of the companies. I worked at this company and argued with the IT manager. It was a bad idea. He didn't agree with me. So we stayed late one night. We walked around and lifted up keyboards, and we found about 16 pieces of paper with passwords written on them. Out of, I, out of how I, many I just, users? About 50. Oh, that's And that was a, a pretty percentage. big number. Yeah, that's... That was a, and, and we didn't dig in drawers or anything, and I'm sure if we looked a little further, we would have found more pieces of paper. Sure. One guy had the back of his lab notebook. Yeah, his back page of his lab notebook was all the passwords for the servers, for everything. Wow. So it's, you know, you go to all this thing to try to be secure, but the problem is you don't realize that sometimes those over-secure steps make it less secure. Yeah. You know, I pick a password that means nothing to anybody, anyone, but it's a pattern I remember, and I add characters like exclamation point, star, pound, dollar sign, whatever, to it on either end, and, and I so I have a half a dozen I can remember, and uh, and they're they this is the other thing, if you're if, if you're a cracker, you're someone going after passwords. The first thing you do is you run the dictionary against the password file. Sure, and so never use a word in the dictionary if it's a real word. You're going to get smacked really fast, or if it's uh, if it's spelled like a real word. Or if it smells like a real word. Yeah, yeah. Anything that can be looked up. So those password crackers first run through all the dictionary words, the big dictionary. Yep. Then they start doing, you know, brute attack phonetically. Then they do brute attack letter by letter. My password is is eight characters long, which is a little short. It has two non-printing characters. It has three numbers. It has capitalization in it. So it turned out my, we ran the password cracker. My password took about about a day and a half to get on a very fast machine. Right. The, average, it, pass, the average password took 15 minutes. Yeah. And if you're if you're on a home network, you know, chances are most people that run these kinds of programs aren't going to wait that long. You know, right. they're going they're going for the easy picking fruit. So, you know, don't be that low-hanging fruit. Yeah. And chances yeah, if are if you uh, use password or 12345 you're going to get hacked. Yep. Someone's going to get into your account. Yeah. The the other thing the other thing to uh, to to know is that there are programs out there things like 1password that will help you manage not only the passwords for, you know, for your particular machine but passwords that you use online. So if, if you have trouble remembering them, things like 1password and, and 1password isn't alone out there. Uh but that's, you know, the first one that came to my mind, uh, programs like this will help you manage all of these passwords because you don't want to use the same password for every single site that you go to. So if you have an account on dig and an account on Amazon and an account on iTunes and you know, whatever your password is to log into your computer, you want to use different passwords for all of these different functions. But I agree. And one password is a great product uh i use it there's an iphone app that that brings it all over for you so it you put it behind a very strong password and then it requires you to both have a, a pin to get in and a password to get past to see your passwords so and it will generate passwords for you It'll generate random passwords and then save them on your computer so once you authorize one password to unlock a site it will just type the username and password for you that's it's a great right program and if i any, just if- found it if anybody tries to do it, this is what they'll hear. Access denied. So that's 
<laughs> I just found the, the news I was looking for. It says 32 million passwords were exposed and analyzed, and nearly 50% of users use names, slang words, dictionary words, or trivial passwords. And the top 10 were 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, password, I love you, all put together, princess, rock you, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and ABC, 1, 2, 3. That was the top 10 common used passwords. Yeah, I think that was Michael Jackson's computer password, that last one. <laughs> ABC, 1, 2, 3. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even have a space in it, you know? Anyway, uh, we, we need to cut this short because uh, yep. Tim, Tim is waiting to hear from me. So uh, stand by to stand by. And <laughs> what was that one? Author, so you're saying Tim's coming in? Authorization acknowledged. Yes, yes. <laughs> Tim, Tim is acknowledged. He's he's the fearless leader. So right after right after uh, I get done with Tim, Owen and I will be back, and, and we got some more stuff to talk about, Owen. We do. Yes. Oh yes, we do. Especially if they've been reading my blog. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone, please hold on, and we'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's Gaz and Guy from the MyMac.com podcast, and we're here to tell you that if you like listening to us, you'll enjoy some of the other podcasts from MyMac.com. There's the My Phototech podcast with Sandro Cuccia to tell you all about digital photography. He also talks about the latest news and hardware and software, along with tips and tricks to make you a better photographer. There's the App Minute podcast with Sam Levin about new or up-and-coming applications that's always going to tell you what's the latest and greatest. Let's not forget the geekiest show ever, which is always about the weird and the wonderful with Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. The MyMac.com podcast, My Phototech, Sam Levin's App Minute, and the Geekiest Show Ever podcasts can all be found in iTunes, and they're all free for downloading. No rambling about Major League Baseball this time, Guy. No, I've come to accept that Major League Baseball has nothing to do with MyMac.com's various podcasts. That is a remarkable bit of clarity coming from you, Guy. Well, I do have my moments. Do you think you could shorten the space between those moments a bit? Well, I... Hey, I don't think I'm crazy, and neither do I. Shh. We'll talk about it after your next therapy session. In the meantime, go to iTunes and get those podcasts, folks. You'll really enjoy them. The path to true enlightenment can take many forms, but this probably isn't one of them. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Okay, welcome back. Uh, coming out of the break, uh, as promised, we have Tim Robertson publisher of MyMac.com, and uh, he's also doing the uh, the OWC podcast, sponsored by OWC. And before we... Oh, hold on a second. Oh, truck passing. Sorry about that. So, uh, you, unless you listen to OWC radio, people won't get that. How you doing, Tim? I'm doing good. How are you, guy? <laughs> I'm doing just fine. Uh, you know, it was funny on my way home from uh, from work today. I was I was actually listening to the OWC podcast when you when you, you had to leave your office for the for the wilds of Battle Creek, Michigan, and right in the middle of, of some some point you were trying to make, it was like, oh, hold on a second, truck going by. 
Yeah, I think one of the points I was trying to make is, you know, with podcasting, there really are no rules. No, none um, at all. You don't have to sit in the studio. You don't have to follow the FM tradition. Hey, welcome to the www. Blah, 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 blah. You don't have to <laughs> talk like that. You can say whatever you want. You can record however you want. It, it's completely open. It, it doesn't cost the listener a dime. So have fun with it. Do stuff different. Well, exactly. I mean, otherwise, and you know, if if you're not enjoying it, and that's really what it comes down to as a podcaster, if you're not enjoying it, then the the, the show's just not going to be very good. Because I mean, let's let's face it. None of us, you know, especially on the uh, the amateur end of it, you know, we're we're not making a lot of money doing this. We do it just because we love podcasting and we love talking about uh, you know talking about Apple or talking about widgets or or you know advanced crochet, you know, whatever it is that you're podcasting about. I guess that makes me a professional since I'm being paid to do it now. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, the rest, <laughs> the rest of us are still waiting. Uh, but speaking of being a professional, you've actually been doing this for a very, very long time. Yeah, I guess people could say I'm kind of a podcast pioneer at this point um, since 2004. So yeah, you yeah. know, and the funny thing is, for the longest time, guy, when someone asked, you know, what I did, I never said podcaster. I never considered myself a podcaster. Because with my Mac, I only looked at the podcast as simply an extension of what we were doing right. with the website. I never saw it as its own entity. Uh, I started to uh, right before I left the show, but, but up until that point, I really thought of it as just an extension of my Mac. But I think it is its own thing now. Well, for for those who uh, who haven't you know been with us for a, a very long time, now you started this podcast pretty much by yourself in I think it was November of two thousand four. December, yeah, yeah, okay, December of yep. two thousand four, and originally you did it all by yourself. The first two shows, I believe, I did by myself. Um, the idea was I would get somebody else on the staff excited about the possibility. And they would take over the show. <laughs> well, it took it about 285 shows, but you finally got someone to take over the show. Yeah, yeah, I finally did. You, <laughs> and you guys are doing a great job. By the way, for those wondering if I'm such a professional podcaster, why does this sound like this? And the reason is I just moved to a brand new studio um, in the same building I was in, but I went to the basement rather than the third floor, which I swear has nothing to do with the earthquake last week. Um, well, you can swear that, but okay. Uh, yeah, I can swear that, but nobody would believe me. Um, the problem is right now, I'm having major network issues, and hopefully it will be worked out by tomorrow, but I I couldn't even use Skype to talk to you guys. So, hence, I'm on the iPhone 4 in the parking lot of that building talking with you. Yeah, well, you know, it's, <laughs> technology is as technology is. Sometimes you just don't really have any control over it, especially when you're in a when you're in a public building like that. That's right. So, l- l- let's get back to talking about the the, the mymac.com podcast. Now, Chad came in episode 3 or episode 4, and you guys did it together for for probably what, a year, year and a half, and then uh 10.4 came out, Tiger. And right around that same time, you had Chris Siebold doing, uh, you, both you and he were writing Not Mac News. Well, I wanted to, uh, like I said, originally I wanted to ha- hand the show off to somebody else. But when that didn't happen, I realized that the show would be a lot better if I was doing it with somebody. And you remember back in 2004, voice over the Internet wasn't the most reliable. No. 
Uh, the audio quality wasn't very good. We didn't really have Skype. Not on the Mac. So, no. Exactly. And so we needed to figure out, I needed to figure out how I was going to get someone else involved. Well, prior to this, Chad and I had done a video series called MacMod, in which we converted uh, an Atari 2400, or I'm sorry, 2600, into a Macintosh. And it that is still was so pretty classic. funny and horrible. And I hope no one ever watches it because it's kind of embarrassing at this point. But No, I liked it. Um, <laughs> you and my mom. Um, <laughs> well, we have so much in common. That's right. And Chad and I, I think, have a, a good chemistry together. So when I invited him to do the show with me, uh, he jumped at the chance, and we did it, oh, pretty much by ourselves up until show, I don't know, something, about a year and a half. And then we started having segments. And the first segment we had was Not Mac News, and that was my attempt to get Chris Siebold, who I think is just hilarious and funny and has a great deadpan delivery. Oh, perfect. Um, involved in the show. And so I came up with the idea of Not Mac News, which, I'll be honest, is a spinoff of not necessarily the news. The younger listeners will have no idea what I'm talking about, Guy, but you do. Yeah, I got it. And I, I thought we would simply write together fake news, faux news, if you will, and he would record it and send me the MP3 file and we'll drop it in the show. And then right after, uh, not long after that, uh, 10.4 came out, and I started doing the Dashboard Minute, which I think that was around show 35 or 36. I'd actually have to go deep into the archives to find out, but it doesn't really matter. Yep, that's when you came aboard and started sending in uh, the Dashboard Minute. We thought dash, the, the widgets on 10.4 would be a lot more popular than they than turned, it turned out, out to, be. to be. Yeah, yeah I think it was kind of it was a great idea. But I don't think most people really cared much about it. And there were some great witches out there. I mean, I I used to love your segment, Guy, because I learned about a lot of good widgets that I still use to this day. But I don't think the general user, the general Mac user, uses widgets they, other than the ones that come with a Mac. They don't really realize how to add new widgets and that sort of thing. Well, I, I think the biggest problem with widgets, and it, you know, in, in so many ways there, there's different parts of OS X that have the same problem, is that you actually had to leave the Finder in order to use them. You had to go into an, a, you know, a completely different environment just to use these little programs. And for the most part, you know, I, I got the feeling that, that a lot of people just didn't care as much. No, but one of the good things that came out of it, to be honest, Guy, was you kind of got the podcasting bug from it. Yeah, yes, um, I did. And when Chris quit doing Not Mac News, you took that over. Well, not but for long. But at the same time, we also, not for long, but you did. Um, but for a while, then, we had so many segments. We had John Nemo doing uh, interviews and stuff like that and some reviews. We had Robert Halzerig. He was sending in reviews. Uh, we had you doing the dashboard or not Mac News. Right. David, um, David Co we had David one. Cohen doing Fenestrations. Fenestration, yep. And so what we eventually did is we spun off a second show, and it was called the, the My Mac Mini Podcast. And it was just the segments. And that went on for, I want to say, probably 30 to 50 episodes. Yeah, something like that. Before we pulled the plug on that and just kind of rolled it all back into one. Well, I, I think I mean, the MyMac podcast has gone through a lot of changes in six years. Oh yeah, yeah. You, well, I, I think um, where it was, it was right around somewhere in the '90s when when you rolled the widgets, or sorry, not the widgets, the uh, the segments 
either you know you either you, you basically they either needed to be canceled or you rolled them back into the regular podcast but this was also coming up close to the time of the 100th podcast which you know you had arranged to do live at an apple store in grand rapids michigan yeah and i was looking forward to that unfortunately chad perry had to back out of it uh, not quite at the last minute, but pretty close. I mean, we had already booked the event. Apple was expecting us to be there. They yeah. were promoting it on their website. Yeah, and we had and like we had like what twenty five hundred dollars worth of of swag to give away. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't cheap or inexpensive. I mean, we had a Microsoft Office, we had some uh, keyboards and mice and games and other software. We had a lot of stuff, and so we were per- pretty much committed. To do it, doing the show, right? And unfortunately for for me, maybe um, I wasn't comfortable enough in front of a microphone by myself to think that I could really pull it off well. I was prepared to try, but I really didn't want to. And so you stepped up, and actually on your own dime, flew from Virginia to Grand Rapids, Michigan, where the Apple Store was located. Yes, to uh, join me on this on a stage, if you will, it wasn't a stage, but you know what I mean, Yeah. to join me at the 100th episode. And uh, that's that's how you really got involved, more or less, with being a host rather than just a segment producer. Um, but I think more importantly, you, Chad, and I recorded what I guess you could call now is the geekiest show ever. Yeah, um, it was kind of the start the time, of that. Yeah, at the time, it was just the three of us for an hour and a half just shooting the breeze and we use those on the on following podcasts as a segment but that's really the the genesis of what chad and i are doing now which is geekiest show ever right but it was just a conversation about whatever sprang to mind didn't necessarily have to be and probably we didn't want it to be apple and mac related because we talked about that all the time we wanted something different yeah, I, I, and that's kind of where you came from. <laughs> yeah. Well, what if if anyone bothers to go back and listen to the hundredth show? Uh, what isn't really obvious was just how very sick I was that day. Oh yes. Yeah, I remember. I got I got up the next day and I, I could I could barely talk. And I think um, we ended up, I think we needed to find uh, a microphone cord and a stand and a few other things. But the first stop was was over to a, to a drugstore to pick up some, some various... Target. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, Target. To pick up some various over-the-counter medications so that I wouldn't, like, just f- fall flat on my face and, you know, bleed out or something while we were in the middle of the show. I guess you, know, you, you could have you, you used me as a stand, I guess, if, you know, if I'm laid no, out. absolutely. Like then I would have had a stand. I yeah. would have had a stage, absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, as a side note to that story, Guy, at the time you had long hair. Yes. In the back, not in the front. You had long hair in the back. Yeah. Well, and you needed to get some ties to put your hair back in a ponytail. Oh, oh yeah. So you, okay. You bought a little package, but you left them in my car other than the one you used. <laughs> right. So a couple months later, my wife finds this thing of ponytail. She knows it's not hers or the kids. She's like, well, why is this in here? I don't need the stink eye. I remember that. Oh, man. Oh, so um, getting getting on. So at, at some point, uh, Chad ended up leaving the show, and it was it was you and me. Now, we yep. we had also gone to... Uh, two Macworld Expos, and I think it was at the second Macworld Expo in San Francisco that we met up with David Cohen. Yep. So and that's when he kind of uh, became the third co-host. Right. 
and the rest they say is history. <laughs> yeah, well, let, let's let's <laughs> get, let's go on to what you're doing now. So you, you left the MyMac.com. Well, let's talk about MyMac a little bit more. I mean, uh, putting the podcast aside, there's some pretty exciting things going on on the website itself, guy. Well, that's very true. You have done your first true, complete redesign of the site in probably ten or years or more. Um. We had a couple different websites in back in the early days. Uh, our very first, and here's some trivia you probably didn't even know. Our very first webmaster, his name was Evan McCarthy, and uh, he asked me if I wanted him to, because he actually had internet access, and I didn't because I was going through AOL. And if you remember back in the day, you couldn't get to the internet through AOL. No, you couldn't. It was a black hole. So I was on AOL. I was on eWorld. Um, I had somebody who was on CompuServe that was uploading our, our digital magazines to that service. I was on another one called the Great Lakes Freenet. So we had the, the digital copies of our magazine getting put out there and, and downloaded quite a bit. But we didn't have a web page. Almost nobody did. And so he asked, uh, do you want me to make a web page for my Mac? And I said, sure, go ahead. And yeah, why not? Uh, he did. Yep. That was eventually turned over to Adam Carnabog. Now, him I did meet. Of Max. Yes, You've met him at Macworld a few times. Yeah. He was the uh, the second webmaster and the longest, and he actually is one of the owners of Mac Specialists in Cal- in uh, Chicago now. So you can see where his my Mac roots led him. And we um, had a couple websites, but in 1999, we hired uh, somebody from the outside, if you will, to build us a custom engine and everything. So we had PHP, MySQL a custom-built design. Everything was completely custom for us. And it worked, but unfortunately, it was starting to show its age um, here in 2010. <laughs> sure. Well, also, also that same customization made it difficult to to kind of move migrate. it along, yeah, to migrate it to, to something else later on. Yeah, when you're running on custom code for as long as we did, and you got to remember... At this point, we've got 15 years' worth of content online. Oh, yeah. Um, To migrate to something more popular is not the easiest thing. I have to say, um, the hosting provider we used for MyMac was Inotech, I-N-N-O-T-E-C-H, Inotech.com, for a long time. And the server was actually one of my old computers over the last six years. It was a PowerMac G5 with 1.8 gigahertz with 2 gigs of RAM. That was the server my Mac ran on uh, for the last, I want to say, six years or so. So it was a co-location. In other words, I own the server, but they're the ones that actually hook it up to the pipe to the Internet to serve it out there to everybody. And so I had direct access to the machine uh, via Timbuktu, uh, and I could do anything to it. But to be honest, Guy, I'm not really a web designer, you know? Yeah. Yeah, That's that's not who I am, and it's not what I actually want to become at all. Um, the nuts and bolts on how it works really don't interest me. It's the content that you can produce using those nuts and bolts is what motivates me in the morning. Well, well, that. That's that, what I like. That's also what most people are interested in. You know, they, they don't care that that you're that you're running it on you know some super de duper server and, and that you know your bandwidth is is this or or that. They just want to read the content. Yeah, and the same thing with the podcast. I mean. There's a few people out there, guy. <clears throat> excuse me, who's very interested in how you record the show, the technology, both hardware and software that you're using to produce this show. 
but the vast majority only care about the actual content of the show, not the nuts and bolts. Same sure. thing at the website. Oh, yeah. And and so when it was time to move, uh, we decided to go to WordPress. And two reasons. A, it's going to make a lot easier for the writers, the contributors, the content providers at MyMac to use it because it's so prevalent out there. You could find tutorials everywhere. Sure. Uh, number one. And number two, when it's time again to migrate to something else, something better in the future, it's going to be a lot easier to migrate from Word to whatever it's going to be. I mean, well, sure. it, 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 it's so popular that, I mean... Well, it's it's so not it's not custom. Running a WordPress, it's not exactly. custom like with with what you had now, before. Now the theme is somewhat custom that we're using. Uh, I modified an existing theme that I bought, um, but for the most part, it's it's pretty standard now, and that's going to help us in the present and the future. Well, um, it, it's a, like it's a design. very clean look. Well, you know, I wanted to bring attention to the content, not all the flashy ads and this that, and the. I, when you come to MyNet.com, I want you to read the articles that we have there. Right. Uh, if you click a banner ad, wonderful. Pay for the site. That's great. Wonderful. But when you first go there, your eye should be drawn to the newest content. And as you scroll down the page, you just start going through our back catalog. But it's the content is king guy. Very. Oh, very and much if so. Not, if it wasn't for the writers and the authors of MyMac, it wouldn't exist because I couldn't do it by myself. Well, I could, but you see one post a month, and nobody wants that. <laughs> and <laughs> and so I wanted to bring the attention directly to the content, and I think this design allows us to do just that. Oh, I would agree. Now, you know, basically you just have, I mean, there's just a couple of ads over there, over on the right, and, you know, it's it's not like the the ads themselves are drawing you toward toward them to click them it, it's you know that the the content is what takes up most of the page even 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 above yes. and beyond the uh the banner at the top yep i and and i think that's where it needs to be yeah uh, but we've done a lot of stuff where if you visit the site using your iphone or your ipod touch you see a mobile version of the site you know i um, i haven't had a chance to to look at it on my iphone yet but well, I, I'm still experimenting with it. Now, there's still a lot of stuff, Guy, to be honest, that we need to do. Um, as, for, as far as functionality, the old site still had more in that if you click a author's name, for instance, it will bring you to one page with every post they've ever made, including biographical information, a picture of them, links to other websites they may have produced, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, if it was an older writer, somebody that's no longer with us, and I don't mean dead, I mean, you know, they've right. gone, they'd gone somewhere else. We had, yeah, we've, we've had some people die on us as well. Um, it, it would show you their information, you know, and I think that that was cool. We haven't implemented that yet. I'm having a lot of troubles getting that to work, but it's coming. I yeah. mean, it, it's a work in progress, and I figure it's, I'm still a good six months out from saying, okay, I'm done with my Mac as far as tweaking it and making it better and putting all the lost features that were missing and that sort of thing. Well, what, a lot of tweaks to do, Guy. What, what's more important is is getting the old content itself there, getting the new content up, getting the writers comfortable with using the interface so that new content can go up on a on a daily or, or weekly or however however, however often it is that it, it, it takes individual writers to uh, to get something new going. I myself haven't written in a while. I, you know, you, you just get you just get kind of busy. 
and doing the uh, doing the podcast now means I, I actually have le- a lot less time now to write than I did in the past, which is too bad. Well, and also a lot of your creativity that would come out in your writing before is coming out now on the podcast. Oh, that's that was scary. different when you were when you were a co-host when when I was there and David Cohen was there and you were just one of the three hosts. Right. Um, basically, you could show up and and follow along and whatever I was talking about, that's what you would talk about. Occasionally, you would come up and say, "Hey, why don't we talk about this or that." But for the most part, you just showed up and we made a show. <laughs> Let's have a show. Little rascals. Let's right. Make a show. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it well, it's it's guy. different now because now yes. um, I I'm basically responsible for making sure that there's stuff for us to talk about every week. Right, and and as Gaz gets more comfortable with the show, because let's be honest, Gaz is still. Uh, fairly new on the show. Yes. But as he becomes more comfortable with the show and you guys get build even better chemistry, which, by the way, I think your guys' chemistry works really well together. Well, he's he's, um, he's just really start, easy to talk to. It, absolutely. I, and you can hear it, too. And he's also got a sense of humor, which is extremely important. Yes, especially um, dealing with me. But he becomes more familiar and comfortable with the MyMag show, and he starts contributing a lot of the ideas and content um, that'll make your job easier, but I think it'll also make the show even better. Yes. Well, e- right now, um, I-, I basically suggest some 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 content, and he'll come in and, and add some bits and pieces. And I- I'm anticipating that with that before too much longer that you're absolutely right. That you know, I'll, I'll look at the show notes on the, the Monday before the show, and-, and there'll be all this new stuff that Gaz has added. So what I'm doing now is uh, OWC Radio. It's a podcast for other world computing. Now, it's not an infomercial because, quite frankly, nobody wants to listen to an infomercial unless it's 3 in the morning and you're hungover and can't fall asleep. Right. Um, that's how Gintu got so popular. Um, with the OWC Radio, it's basically the same formula that I was using at my Mac, except I don't have any co-hosts. It's, it's basically just me. Yeah, kind so of going back to your roots. Kind of, kind of back to my roots, um, except for I'm getting paid. <laughs> but obviously, there's there's no advertising except for other world computing. So, uh, on almost every show, I'll talk about a product that OWC is selling. Now, I wouldn't do the show, um, and I don't care how much somebody would pay me if it was a company that I didn't enjoy or if they had a bunch of products that I didn't like. Thankfully, OWC met both those criteria. I, I love their products. We've been reviewing at MyMac for years and years. Oh, yeah. It was very, very rare that they didn't get uh, a 4 out of 5, or nowadays an 8 out of 10, at least. So they always had great products. Um, I've met the owner, Larry, a number of times at Macro Expo. You and I went there last October for a visit, and so it just kind of worked out well uh, on both sides, I think. And uh, I, I'm real happy doing it. Of course, I don't do just OWC radio for them. Um, I also do other post-production video work. I do the voiceovers now for the installation videos, which everybody loves. Their installation videos are fantastic. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's other things that I'm doing behind the scenes as well. Uh, although I'm not an employee of OWC, I'm, I'm affectionately a contractor at this point. Um, I live in Battle Creek, Michigan, as you mentioned earlier. 
and they're in Woodstock, Illinois. So there's a there's a long, you know, four hour drive difference between the two, and I can't drive there every day. No, no, so, not and keep your sanity. No, no, or my wife, and I kind of like my wife and kids, so <laughs> you know, I keep her happy and spend most of my days here. Well, while, while we're talking about while we're talking about max sales. Uh, I just want to mention really quick that I just bought for both my sons have Mac Minis, you know the older Mac Minis. I just yeah. bought each of them a mini stack version 2.5 with the I think it's a 500 no the one terabyte one terabyte drives. They're using that not only for uh, time machine. My younger son is also using it to store his uh, his homemade movies. And the mini awesome. stacks are just fantastic. And considering what you get for them, they, they come at a great price. Yep, they do. And now the 2.5 has just a USB connection and FireWire, correct? Yeah, it's FireWire 400, but it gives you two more FireWire ports out and USB. It doesn't have the eSATA. Yep. And and unless you've got a machine with eSATA, you don't need the one with eSATA on it. So yeah, no, yeah. I think that's a great machine. That's a great box. And aesthetically, it looks great with the Mac Mini, at least... The last generation, right? The new one, <laughs> Apple's changed them up, and they've changed now. So i I would expect that you'll see some kind of a change from OWC here in the future. But I don't have any inside information to say yes or no either way. I'm looking I would forward imagine to though it. that, yeah, well, what you know, that's a very popular product, and I got to imagine that OWC knows that uh, the new Mac Minis look different. So maybe you'll see a change in the product line to reflect that. Good stuff. You know what I like about what they're doing right now, Guy? I don't know if you've seen this. It's called the uh, OWC Data Doubler. The Data Doubler. Oh, actually, yep, yeah, take, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You take your uh, on your newer MacBooks or MacBook Pros. They've got a compatibility list up on their website. You take out the optical drive. And because most people don't use the optical drive for anything. Yeah, I hardly you take ever that do. Out, you put a new hard drive in the data doubler, and the data doubler then goes in where the optical drive was. So you double the amount of storage that you can have in a laptop. Now, what's really cool is if you want to spend a, a little bit more money, get an SSD drive to oh, the yeah. doubler, and, man, that thing's a smoker. Yeah, that would scream. Time, and you can have your an internal. Whoop. You still there, Tim? Oh, we lost Tim. Gonna try to get him back. Ah, you gotta love cell power. <laughs> oh, just gotta love it. Gotta love it. You, now, just just before just before we lost you, you were you were talking about adding an SSD drive using the data doubler from OWC. Yep, and then uh, a lot of people will then say, "Well, how do I get data off a disc, off a CD or a DVD in the future?" Say Apple comes out with an update to the OS. When 10.7 comes out, what do I do? Well, you can pick up just a really inexpensive um, USB optical drive, and you can use that. Yeah, or, and basically just toys, just get one. Out. Yeah, just get one that's read only. Yeah, I mean you're going to you're going to use it so infrequently, you don't want to spend much money on one. Uh, or you can just get uh, an external case that will work with the optical drive that you pulled out. Yep, and they're both really cheap. Very inexpensive. I won't say cheap. Okay. Yes. Inexpensive. That is a better word. <laughs> All right, Tim, I think we are just about out of time. I uh, I need to get back with Owen so that we can finish up with the show. It's great talking to you again. 
Have in here, guy, and tell Owen I said hello. Oh, I will. I will. He had all kinds of sound effects that he wanted to spring on you, so it it it's probably a good idea that uh, that this is the way we had to do it. <laughs> Every night, yeah, technology is one of those things you never know what's going to happen, and I had no idea that uh, connection problems would be an issue when I moved to the new studio. So, if anybody wants to see the new studio, by the way, if you follow me on Twitter, it's twitter twitter dot com slash my neck, M-Y-M-A-C. That's my Twitter handle. And um, today, what's today, guys? The today is the 6th of July, Tuesday. So if you look if you look on uh, Tuesday, July 6th, you'll see a couple posts from me on Twitter with uh, two pictures of the new studio setup. I haven't moved everything around quite yet the way I want it, but it's basically it. Now, if they wanted to, to see the site where you've been kind of hosting the OWC radio shows, where would they go for that? I would suggest they go to uh, either Google and search for it, or better yet, go to OWC.com, or I'm sorry, OWCRadio.com, and you'll find some uh, videos that I'm doing. You'll find the radio show itself, the podcast, and links to iTunes so you can slip, sub- subscribe and all that fun stuff. And they can, they can also go, now I think there's some links at MaxSales.com as well, isn't there? I'm sure there is. <laughs> yeah. And MaxSales.com, which is the homepage for Otherworld Computing. All right, Tim, where well, I'm going to let you go. And, okay. and we'll talk to you real soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Guys and Guy from the MyMac.com podcast, and we have a special offer for those who want to reach a broad audience of Macintosh, iPod, iPhone, or iPad users. Who would those people be, Guy? Any company offering hardware, software, or services related to Apple's products that want to reach a tech-savvy, diverse, and a worldwide market. That sounds like it would fit right in with our audience, Guy. If only there was some way they could, you know, let our listeners know about their products. Funny you should say that, Gaz, because there is a way that they can. What? There's a way that software and hardware vendors could actually talk directly to our large audience? Sure is. All they have to do is advertise on the MyMac.com podcast. What if they want banner ads on the MyMac.com website? Well, for an extra charge, we'll give them banner ads, too. No, I don't think so. What? What are you saying no to? Well, how about this? They advertise on the MyMac.com podcast, and we give them the banner ads on the MyMac.com website for free. That's just crazy talk. Only way I'll be a part of it, Guy. All right, all right. We'll throw in the banner ads for free. That's more like it. So how do people find out more information? Simply send an email to ads at MyMac.com. That's A-D-S, ads at MyMac.com. That sounds easy enough. So send in your requests for more information to ads at MyMac.com. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast probably won't cure male pattern baldness, but can you afford to take that chance? Okay, and we're back. Thanks, Tim, for uh, taking some time to talk to us today. Uh, I'm still here with Owen. Owen was, was kind enough to be 
to patiently wait in the wings for for Tim and I to stop yakking. Hey, Owen. Guys talked too long. <laughs> yeah, we did. We uh, yeah, we, uh, we we definitely talked for a long time. Yeah. But it, it's always yeah. I mean, this is this is really the, the the first time that that Tim has been back on the show. You know, other than some pre recorded stuff that he did for the three hundred show. It was great to hear him again. Actually. Yeah. Right. Well, I think his last show was uh, it was I think it was in the two seventies. I'd have to go back and look. But it was great to hear him again. You know, even if it was kind of on a you know over cell phone since his his internet wasn't working, and that was really too bad because that meant you couldn't be on it at the same time. I couldn't give him a bad time. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> or he couldn't, or he couldn't give me one. Yeah. Well, you'll have to call him later and, and remedy that when you have when you have some more spare time. <laughs> okay, uh, this this last segment we're going to talk a little bit about the iPhone and and some of the problems that it, that uh, uh, apparently some people are experiencing with it. I don't have an iPhone four. I'm sticking with the 3GS at least until I get out of contract. But I do know someone who has one. Owen, who you? Oh, me, yeah. Ugh. Remember me? I'm the guy who didn't want an iPhone. I mean, well, I wanted one. I wanted one badly, but I couldn't justify the cost, and I it didn't work at my house. Two things that were killers right. for me. Yeah, usually. Usually that does mean, well, you know, I, I could buy this DVD player, but I don't have any DVDs. But I really want a DVD player, so I'll buy or it. Or I don't have a TV to plug it into. <laughs> <laughs> I really want a DVD player, though. Well, what, what so, made you decide to go ahead and get one? The, the honest answer, my wife came to me and said, I want a smartphone. Okay. Well, that's an honest so, answer. You know, she's got this, she had this little Samsung flip that doesn't, can't even send text messages. Right. And recently in her business and her work, she's gotten more into SMSs and messaging and, and Twitter and, and Facebook. And she really wanted a smartphone. She wanted to have it in her hand. And she doesn't want to have to learn something. And she's been a Mac user for a long time. And it was just like, okay, it's going to be an iPhone. So, uh, and that was number one. Number two, my business partner, Jamie, was over at the house, and his cell phone rang, and he has an iPhone. And I went, that doesn't work here. And we looked, and it had full bars and the 3G symbol up and running. So, really? so the good guys at AT&T must have stuck a new cell somewhere nearby because it works here now. So there went those two. Well, uh, now, you, didn't, you didn't have an iPhone before, or did you have an earlier one? No, I was on, I was on Sprint with a... Palm Trio 755. Okay, so you haven't re- you hadn't really had a chance to check out AT&T's network in your area. No. Well, well I, yeah, I did. I borrowed a phone and it never worked. So, uh, when I moved up here, I had a Verizon phone and it didn't work and I couldn't get AT&T. I mean, I couldn't get it way back when it was was singular, kingular, whatever you say. Singular, um, yeah. Singular. So I and I've tr- I've looked when people come up here. Do you have an AT and T phone? Oh, no signal. Okay. And Sprint worked here, so we've, I've been with Sprint too many years. Uh, which they went from being the bad guys in the cell phone industry in my book to being actually having some of the best customer service. Uh, I have to admit, they told their customer service guys solve the problems in one phone call, and they often did. And I and I was really pleased with their phone and everything, but. We wanted an iPhone. Now, I have a Touch, so I've been playing with the software for a while. Right. So when the iPhone 4 came out, I said, ooh, I'm going to get one of those. I'm going to get two of those, one for me, one for my wife. And if you've read my blog section on the MyMac website, you'll see that it was the the gods really didn't want me to have it. They were like, you, have <laughs> you don't get one. It, it was allowed. a nightmare experience. I, I tripped over all the things you could possibly trip over, and I won't go through the whole thing, but... Um, three and a half hours on the Apple website 
having it throw me out towards the end of the order saying that uh, my my session expired due to lack of activity. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't have pushed the buttons faster. That, that, that five-second inactivity timer, that was a bear to get by. Um, yeah, it was just they were overloaded, and they would just throw you. Then I went to AT&T's website. I said, okay, I'll try it there. Well, no, then I tried to call Apple, and my phone was on redial for an hour before someone answered, and oh, Apple's answer. Well, then they answered, and I was on hold for 45 minutes. And then when the guy finally answered, you know, hi, how can I help you? Well, I've been trying to order, and I'm getting this error. And, the, and the, you know, I have this weird love hate with apple the arrogant answer was well if you really want one you'll just keep trying <laughs> oh thanks well, for helping yeah and the worst part is is that unfortunately with you know all the the success that they've had especially with the iphone 4 launch you know and i'm not saying that it was good that they, they were care. arrogant but yeah you're right they, they just they don't care they don't care because they don't have to care if I don't buy it, someone else will. They sold out of them. We know that. Yep. Long story short, I said, okay, let me try it on AT&T. So I went over to the AT&T site. This is the, now, you've heard me slam AT&T in the past. Oh, it, yes. Their customer service is just not good, in my opinion. So I went to their site, not looking for a fun experience. And I got about three quarters of the way through, and it's that site threw me out. So I tried it one more time, and a little box popped up with a live chat saying, hi, I'm at AT&T. Can I help you get through this order? And this chat person live helped me get past the problems to a point where we both got stuck. Oh, and then no. they said, they said, Oh, here's a phone number to call. Here's your order number. Call this number. They answered in like three minutes, bang, right through the guy said, do you have a number? Yes, here it is. He, I heard him type frantically and said, Oh, we can't move your phone numbers over. So just order the phones with new numbers and you can transfer your old numbers in the first 30 days for free. So I ordered and they sent me a notice that said they'd be delivered like everybody else who pre-ordered on June 23rd. Right. And then UPS called and said, you have to be home to sign for it. We, we can't just leave it. So, oh, great. I so, so you've got like a window of what, four to eight hours when they may or may not show up and you have to Correct. stay home for Correct. that whole time. Correct. So I just stayed home that day. Wow. And, about 4.30, it hadn't showed up, so I went on to the UPS website, and I looked tra- my tracking number, and it said, delivery status exception. What does that okay. mean? That's what I want to know. So I call up UPS, and I get transferred to the local guys. I said, what does this mean? They go, well, your phone ended up in Redding, California. Okay, I live in Oakland. They don't even sound alike. Redding is about 240 miles from here. Oh, God, God. And the guy at UPS goes, would you like to uh, have us hold it there and come pick it up? <laughs> really? That's, yeah, four-hour drive, sure. You know, That's not happening. The problem is we were going to be out of town Thursday, Friday, Monday for a long weekend. Right. So the guy said, don't worry, we'll just, send it, we'll just ship it back down. We'll get it to you tomorrow. So I said, well, I won't be here Thursday, Friday, or Monday to sign for it. And they said, well, if we try to deliver it three times and you're not there, we'll return it to AT&T. <laughs> so now like great. now what do i do right great so um i ended up getting someone at the local ups office who said we'll hold it so i when i get back tuesday monday night i call tuesday morning and say are you going to deliver it they said yep it's on the truck you have to be there to sign for it you need to stay home today we'll be there when we get there so i put my laptop in the living room 15 feet from the front door which has a big glass window you can see in and i worked and about 4 30 the doorbell hasn't rung and i have no idea i call ups and say where's my phone 
And they said, oh, we delivered it at two. What? <laughs> to where? <laughs> that's what I said. What? To where? To she Reading. Said, goes, she, yeah, so I was like, is it back in Reading again? So she, I hear her frantically typing, and she says, uh, the driver just threw it on the front porch and left. <laughs> Did you look? So I went out and looked. There it is. It's sitting on the front porch. <laughs> For two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. The guy, when the guy stood at the door, he could see me. Through the window, you can see where I was working. He didn't ring the doorbell. He didn't knock on the door. He didn't do anything. He just dropped the package and darted. I said, so what happened to signing for it? And she goes, well, you know, it's up to the driver. I'm sure glad I stayed home for two days. So I thought, okay, I finally got my iPhones in my hand. They were supposed to be the 23rd. It's now the 29th. Uh, I take a look at AT AT&T. They've been billing me for usage since the 19th. What, from the moment you got signed up? Yep. So they started my account on the 19th, and I called AT&T, and their answer was, gee, that's just the way it works. <laughs> so we're having discussions about that right now for a half a month of charge that I didn't have it. So I popped mine out. I plugged it into my Mac. It, it, it said, do you want to restore from your iPod? Yes, I want to. And it completely trashed the phone. So I had to reinitialize it and start from scratch and move everything over by hand. So mine was up and running after about four and a half hours. <laughs> I was jazzed. My wife said, oh, I want to be there when, we, when I turn it on. So it took a couple more days. We plug hers in to the computer and the app. We, we charged it overnight, which it said to do. We plug hers into the computer and this little silver Apple logo that shows up when you turn the phone on right. starts, starts to blink about on for three seconds, off for three seconds, on for three seconds, off for three seconds. That's all it will do. That's weird. That's very weird. So, you know, hello, Apple, what do I do? Well, do a restore, you know, hold the two buttons. And so I do that. And then it, it shows up in iTunes and said, you have to restore this phone before you can do it. It downloads OS 4. It starts to do the iPhone restore. The screen flashes white. And it says, an unknown error number 2006 has occurred. Yeah, but the phone came out in 2010. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 2006. What happened to the first 2005 errors? That's what I want to know. Um, so... Uh, it it so I go search the web and it says try a different port. I try a different port. I tried three different computers, Windows, nothing. So I call Apple and they said this is what the Apple guy said to me. He goes, well, you know, you can bring it into an Apple store and we'll exchange it for a new phone, but you got to get back in line so we stick you at the end of the line. Oh come on, really? That's what I said. I said really? I, I you send me crap and I have to take the. That's the what he said. That you I have, have to, to take, take the hit. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I, at this point, I'm, I'm fuming, ready to return them. I call AT&T and say, can I get an extension? Because my 30-day trial period is almost over. And, and you, if haven't I even had a, you haven't even had the phone operating yet. I haven't made a phone call yet. So they said, no, too bad. And if you let it go out of the 30 days, then you can't move your phone numbers over. They mm. charge you for that. So, so I'm, like, ready to take them back. And so I decided to just make an appointment at the local Apple Whoop. You there, Owen? Boy, this has just not been a good Skype day. You still there? there? Hello? Okay, you're back. You're back. Hurry up. Yeah, let's get the story done before the Skype gods kill us. Okay, sorry. Uh, Anyway, um, I tried to go down there, see if they could restore it, and I found a woman at the Apple store who was compassionate and understanding and helpful and said, here's what we can do. I have a repair unit. I, I mean, a replacement unit I can give you. I happen to have that one. And she said, if you had a bigger phone, I wouldn't have given it to you. But once I do this, your 30-day period is over, so you got to know you want to keep them. 
Right. So I said, look, if I can get it to work, I'm keeping them. So she went in the back and found me a phone, a new phone, which, by the way, has, they call it a, um, a service replacement. So, uh, and they handed, they swapped phones, got it up and running. I walked out of the store, came home. It's all working now. So we're, I have an iPhone now, but it, the most awful experience with both Apple and AT&T I've ever gone through. Well, I mean, that, seriously, if I didn't really want one, I would have been an Android user today. Have Have you had any of the, the, the problems that some other people have reported, the yellowing of the screen or the uh, the signal uh, problems if you hold the phone in your left hand? Have the you, signal loss is substantial. And on, on both of the phones you've seen that? On both the phones. And it depends on how you hold it. So if I just set it on my desk and turn it on, and it's in front of me right now, I see uh, four bars and the 3G symbol. If I pick it up and hold it like you would hold a phone, mm-hmm. okay, the bar, now there's three bars, now there's two bars, now there's one bar, and the 3G went away. Okay? So I, I, I think about Apple's answer that they say, oh, our software is calculating the signal strength wrong. Okay, yeah. but it's still, it's still calculating it wrong when I'm holding it. Right. Well, so it's they, the same calculation all the way through. So why should? So it really is attenuating, regardless of any software. Right. Right. When I hold it, it's the same software that when I set it down. Okay. So if that goes down four bars, okay, maybe the high signal is being calculated too high, but it is still an attenuation. Now, has that affected your ability to make phone calls or to yes. get data off AT and T's network? It does. Oh, I mean, I was on a call today, and I was talking on it. And, oh, I talked to you. You heard me start to cut out. Right. I just changed the way I held the phone. And that and took care of it? Called. Yeah. So I'm going to put a case on it as soon as I can get a case. Everybody's sold out of cases. And if, yeah, I hold it with, if I hold it with two fingers not near one of those little those little cuts, it works fine. But if you if you put it in your hand where you're... Like, I'm in my left hand, my little finger touches the cut on the right side of the phone, and my palm touches the cut on the left side of the phone. The signal just drops down to zero bars. Well, now... I think it's a real problem. Now, Apple, in their letter, they don't even mention any, any of, you know, that the problem may be related to where their, their radio and, and Wi-Fi and... Oh, I'm sorry, where their Wi-Fi and cell radio antennas are located. Right. And, you know, again, they're kind of going on the... The problem is in the software, and, and this problem has existed for a couple of, of generations back on the iPhone. Now, I have a 32-gig 3GS... Okay, and I've got to tell you, I have not noticed this issue, Apple. So you know, maybe it's not just the software. If 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 it can't be demonstrated with the same type of signal degradation that you see with the iPhone four on earlier versions of the iPhone, well, then no, I don't think you can really claim that the problem is all in the software. Well, so I'm willing to accept that they do indeed display the wrong number of bars. I'll, I'll accept that. It's maybe showing too many bars uh, when the signal is good, or maybe it's not a linear curve. So, you know, when you get, when you really should have three bars, they show five, but when you have two bars, you really have two bars, right? So maybe they're not showing it linearly. And, and I'll accept that there really could be a software bug there. But in theory... If it's calculating it wrong, it's always calculating it wrong. And if I see that much change when I hold it, then it is changing it. Here's my theory. When I look at the phone, there are three pieces of metal. 
on the outside edge. Right. So there are three cuts. And I think each one is an antenna. Although no one can confirm this yet, but I think they might be different antennas. And I think what's happening is when you touch those, you short two antennas together and, with your finger. Yeah, that would cause a problem. And, and they're not the same size, so it changes the shape of the antenna, and it can attenuate it. And I'm told once you put a case on it, uh, it's... Are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Well, I went dead silent. Once you put a case on it, it goes away so I can live with it. Uh, on the plus side, by the way, I have to tell you, I recorded fireworks with it on the 4th of July in the 720p movie. Yeah. Oh, my God, is this thing amazing. Video-wise, this thing is gorgeous. I could not believe how well. I, I think I'll put a couple clips up on my Mac. So basically, so basically, everything with the phone is great except for its ability to make phone calls. If you hold it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know because Apple Apple is selling Apple is selling those you know their their bumpers, but they're selling them for for twenty nine dollars, which is ridiculous when you consider it's it's really just a what a little piece of stretchy plastic or rubber. Oh, I haven't seen that. It wraps around the edge. Apparently, I haven't I haven't seen them yet either. This this is what I'm hearing now. They're, but they're charging twenty nine dollars for these. Ouch! In order to just to to give a little goodwill back to the community because I mean they've sold I think what one point seven to two million of these phones in, in the first couple of weeks it's been available. Well, yeah. if you make this experience such a pain in the neck, when the next one comes out, people may not be willing to line up like they did before. Well, I guess my biggest heartburn on all this is Apple used to be the good guys, right? Microsoft bad. Apple well, could. you know, but I think I think I think that that's 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 kind of a misnomer. I, you know, Apple has always been a you know like every other company. If you know, they're there to make a profit. I don't deny them a profit. They're making no. a good one. Oh, of course but they when are. Steve, when Steve Jobs' answer is hold it differently. Yeah, that's okay? that's not a, that's not get, a satisfactory when, answer. Yeah, and when someone first he says there's not a problem, hold it differently. Well, if there's not a problem, I don't need to hold it differently, right? But what yeah. you know when hold, Apple hold sort different. of is, yeah, I mean this whole different, right? <laughs> hold different, think different, hold different. I like that. But when Apple, I mean the whole thing I went through with trying to order and this this sort of Apple has this lately has had this arrogant attitude that well if you don't like it too bad you know someone else will buy it. I, I, that's not the good guys to me anymore. It just, it really turns me off to Apple as a company sometimes. I love their products. I mean, I'm a fanboy. You just have to look at the office I'm sitting in. There's six Macs here and, you know, an iPod Touch and an iPhone 4. And, right. And, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love their stuff. They do good stuff. I just think they need to, anyway. The so, other the other heartburn so they, I have they, is, they they need to tone down tone the rhetoric down. a little bit and they they well, need, the other heartburn I have they, is this is a new phone right and yeah. their answer is well we can re- they won't swap it out for a new phone right well, it has to they, be another re- repaired unit it's a repair it's a it's a quote refurbished they call it now the refurbished may have been new I don't know well it would but, almost have to know. be. But, well, it could have been something they've repaired and put back in stock, or they'll repair your unit for you. But it seems to, so. So I paid full price now to get a refurbished phone. I'm kind of like that's kind of crap. Yeah. Should not the fact that they sent me crap should not become my problem. They sent me a bad phone that should have been. They should have said, "Come down to Apple Store. We'll swap it for you immediately. We'll contact AT and T and make sure it's all handled for you." No, the answer I got was, "We do have a refurbished one. You know, this is your choice right here. But by the way, your AT and T contract turns on instantly. Boom." Yeah, it's like wow. It's like that. Th- this is like the worst of all worlds. 
Well, this could definitely come back and, and you know bite them in the ass later if if they're not if they're not careful. Oh, and people will line up for the stuff anyway. You yeah, know? well, probably. Well, I mean, well, I was, like I said, to- I didn't get an iPhone four, and the biggest reason why I didn't get an iPhone four is that I have a three GS with thirty two gigs of storage, and a a nicer screen, as nice as it is, plus FaceTime and and a, a few of the other features that aren't available for the three GS wasn't enough to make me pony up $300 for a new phone. And, now, and if, if it right. had, hold on a second, if it had had 64 gigs of storage, right? then I would have right. been sorely tempted. But if I'm not going to get any more storage than what I already have, well, you know what? The 3GS is good enough for me. And I must admit why this display is amazingly clear. I don't. I put it next to my iPod Touch, and I can see the difference, sort of. But it's not. Oh my God! Look at the difference. Kind of difference yeah. to me. Well, you I and you and I have those old eyes. Well, that's probably part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the new cameras. We haven't, even though we have a pair of them, I haven't used FaceTime yet. Right. Um, I do notice it's considerably faster. As I said, I have an iPod Touch second generation. All of you, you out there who have second generation iPod Touches, don't update the software. Uh, even the woman in the Apple store said, yeah, they run kind of slow with that. And you don't really get anything additional but the folders. Yeah. And it's it's pig slow. You know, this is really meant for the new the new phones or well, the newer and, phones. Yeah. Because uh, what did the, the iPod Touch have the same processor as the iPhone? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. Okay. Well, That's you know what? Oh, and we are running so so we are very late. Yeah. We are almost at at one hour and ten minutes, which is about so ten to fifteen minutes longer than I really like to do this show. So let's we wrap it. we're going to wrap it up right here. I'd like to thank you all for listening. If you would like to get a hold of anyone related to the show, uh, if you wanted if you wanted that to be Gaz, you would send him email to. Gaz at mymac.com, or you can follow him at on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash gazmaz. I can be found at guy at mymac.com and uh, twitter.com forward slash macparrot. And I'm willing to bet that our very own Owen Rubin has a uh, a, a Twitter name and a, uh, a, a mymac.com address. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, Ruben at MyMac.com. That's the best place to set it. If you have comments on what I just said, go up and find my little blog on the site and add comments. I'd love to hear feedback, how other people thought. Tell me I'm full of junk. I'm I'm open to it. I mean, this was just my experience. Your mileage may vary. Uh, I have a Twitter account. It's probably Ruben. I don't really Twitter a lot. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. That's a lot of play. I follow more there than anything else. And uh, we have a telephone number, and hardly anybody ever calls it. We do? We do have a telephone number. It's, oh, this is so bad. I cannot remember the name of my own. (laughs) Can't remember your own phone number? Can't remember my own phone number. You know what? If you want to call our Skype number, it'll be in the show notes, and and (laughs) darn it, you'll just have to deal with it. Oh, and thank you so very, very much for coming on this week. Always a pleasure. And uh, for Owen and myself, and uh, one more time, wishing Gaz a speedy recovery. Yeah, get well, bud. Yep. We'll see you all next week. Have a good one. And thank you for listening to the MyMac.com podcast. Please send all feedback to podcast at MyMac.com. 
Be sure to check out our other shows, including Geekiest Show Ever, My Phototech Podcast, Your Own Victory Garden, and Sam's Cool Picks. All available in iTunes.